Hey, welcome to the Laravel Podcast Season 4. Today we're talking to Michael Dorinda, the co-host of the Laravel News Podcast, North Meets South's Podcast, all sorts of other great things, the founder of Laracon AU. And today we're talking about presets and Jetstream. Stay tuned. D-Y-R-Y-N-D-A. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Laravel Podcast Season 4, where every single episode is about a single particular topic. And today's topic is a little bit complicated because the whole idea of how it works changed several days ago. So today is August 31st, which means it's actually September 1st for my guest, Michael, over in Australia. And we are talking about, originally it was going to be about the auth presets, this UI kind of components that come along. But then Laracon last week, Laravel 8 is now coming with a different set of things. So we're going to primarily focus on the Laravel 8 side. So this one's a little bit going to be more just kind of like the Jetstream episode. Uh, we'll see what I actually title it by the time you're all seeing it. So anyway, that's what we're doing today with my friend, Michael Dorinda. So Michael, would you say hi to the people and kind of tell them, you know, who you are and what you're about and how you introduce yourself to people in the grocery store? Yeah. Hello, uh, I am Michael Dorinda. I am the Australian. Although the, we've got a few of us now. Yeah. It's it's exciting to see Jess and and Tim taking taking the limelight and, and doing their bit. But I, I host the Laravel News podcast. I host the North Meet South web podcast and the, the Road to Laracon podcast, which I always forget the name of when I try and explain <laughs> it. Um, I had to record the, the music intro for one. my Laravel meetup talk like four or five times because I kept on saying the Laravel News podcast. So, nice. Yeah, do that. I post on Twitter. I have a few open source packages about the place. I basically exist in this community because of you, Matt. Um, oh. And as, as far as how I introduce myself in the grocery store, it's been a while because yeah, the it, everything's store. a bit funny now. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I can go to the grocery store, but you don't, you try and get in and out as quick as you can. Yeah. At you the, don't actually at the talk moment. to people. So, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because I'm a, I'm a lead software developer and that, that gets all kinds of strange looks. Mm -hmm. There's not much actual software development in that role. It's right. more around managing and, my team yeah. and, and managing my, you know, my people and, you know, dealing with other parts of the business and, and making sure that my team can do their job effectively mm -hmm. and it, you know it's it's keeping people away that that shouldn't be interrupting and and making sure we stay focused and lots of requirements and scoping and things like that but i just got a board directive which means i am locked in a room and not allowed to talk to anyone or do anything until that board directive is complete so that's kind of nice that i get right. to focus on programming for the next 20 days i have okay as things go it's deadline before requirements yeah and because my lovely wife is expecting she's 35 weeks and two days today at time of recording so it's crunch to get it all done before i go on on parental leave so yeah, that's going to be an interesting uh, deadline timeline there. 35 weeks. Yeah. And you said you have a 20 week board directive? Uh, 20 days. 20, 20, 20 day. days. Okay. Because I was going to say, yeah. that's not going to work, but 20 days. Okay. 20 days works. Yeah. Got it. Cool. Yeah. So I've got 20 days to finish this thing. And then depending on when the baby gets here, I'm taking six weeks off work. So. Six weeks. Yes. I love this. You're going to still be podcasting yeah. stuff or you're taking it, taking it the whole way off? Um, We'll see how we go. All right. It, you know, All right. I'll, I'll be, you know, during the day, my eldest will still be in childcare four mm -hmm. days a week. So it'll just be, you know, me and my wife and newborn for, for most of the time. And it'll just be, you know, working around sleep or like thereof and things like that. Yeah. So Sleeping whenever you can, basically. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. I love it. Well, um, you all know, and Michael especially knows that I talk forever because on the Road to Lyricon podcast, I was supposed to talk for like 10 minutes and it ended up talking for like over an hour. But today mm -hmm. we actually have a hard one hour timeline 
our deadline, which is going to be very interesting because Michael and I especially could just talk forever. So we're going to see how well I'm capable of actually holding myself in. So we're going to jump right to the topic. So the topic here is let's just call it Jetstream at the simplest. Um, but really kind of what we mean is just the idea of auth presets in Laravel in general. So if you mm-hmm. had to describe that to a five-year-old, <laughs> what would that look like? My um, my experience, I thought about this the other day and when you know, Jonathan did a really good job explaining yeah. mm-hmm. his his eloquent stuff to a five year old, and Caleb, I thought, went the extra mile explaining it to, <laughs> to an actual varying degrees of age. I've only really got experience yeah. with a two year old, and that's you may as well talk to a wall sometimes because <laughs> a lot of it is just agreeing with whatever noise comes from their mouth. But yep. in terms of a preset, I suppose explaining it to a five year old, I would say a preset is. Not even specifically to software. A preset is some thing that allows you to get from start to finish much quicker. So if we're building a Lego car, mm-hmm. if the Lego car already has the wheels and the platform, like the base of the car attached, you don't have to put them together. Mm. But it's kind of preset in a way where you're going to, you know, put the doors on or put the driver on or put the roof on the car. Yeah. So it's it's a way to sort of help you get from nothing to a more advanced state. So somewhere further on down the road without doing the repetitive, boring stuff um, and working on like you customize, you want to put a a red door on or you want to have a blue door on Mm -hmm. or you want to have like a, a girl driver or a boy driver. You know, it's customizing the bits that are specific to like what you envision in your head or in, or in the case of an Laravel application, the bits that are specific to your business or your SaaS or your side project idea or whatever it is. So the preset is taking away all of the stuff that is the same from every single project yeah, and, and letting you just focus on, on your bit, you know, the, the, the things that make your um, Snowflake special. I like that. And I, I think that especially that last bit right there, I was thinking as you were talking, like the the pitch for these presets and honestly for l- frameworks in general, like we were talking about before the, the we started recording is it's the pieces that you do almost all the time, right? So like for me talking to my son, I think it would be, do you know how every single time you make a car, you got to start by doing the same, you know, six pieces together, the wheels and this and there. Mm-hmm. What if every time you just, what if I just, you just showed up to make cars and there's just like 50 wheel bases set up and you could just start, oh mm-hmm. my gosh, that'd be amazing. So, so yeah, that's what the yeah. presets are. I love that. And it's, and it's good that you mentioned the framework because in a way, a framework, whether it's Symfony or whether it's Laravel or Cake or whatever, it is kind of a preset. It takes away all yeah. of the session stuff. It handles middleware. It handles HTTP. It handles routing. Like all of that stuff, in a manner of speaking, is getting yeah. you from nothing, you know, an empty index.php file to I'm ready to start building my application. Like yeah. the things that actually matter to my customers. Yeah. And for a while, when talking about Jetstream and auth presets, for a while, it was just you either use the auth preset or you don't. So this wasn't even as if they were different presets. It was just, mm-hmm. do you or do you not want this particular piece of the framework to show up in this app? Yeah. So yeah. it was only later when there was more than one option. Usually, mm-hmm. I would jump right from here into when's the last time you used this system. But I think that's actually less relevant. I think what's more in- interesting to me is, first of all, can you... Well, yeah, the next thing is often... Can you describe it to somebody who, let's say, has been writing, you know, just raw PHP for ages? And then I think kind of go into when's the last time you didn't use it, I think is where I want to go. But let's start yeah. to someone who's just been writing hand-rolled vanilla PHP for ages. They're starting to get the understanding of the value of framework in general. 
talk about the specific value of this kind of like jet stream space of auth and users and stuff like that. For anybody that's been doing it for a while, chances are that you have got some way of picking up from project to project. Now that mm-hmm. could be that you're just copying and pasting files from your last project to the next project. But someone who's been doing it for a while in my mind is someone that has probably been working on the same project for a long time. Like they've gone into a business, they've been there for five or six years and the application is an application that they picked up when they started. And it was a PHP 4 app that they kind of had to get to PHP 5, like they were forced to do it, but they weren't necessarily bringing anything in. Mm -hmm. So their view of of the application development world could be skewed a little bit. They might have heard about frameworks or they might have heard about Laravel specifically. But in my mind, I think someone that is still writing vanilla PHP is probably not necessarily keeping up to date with modern PHP development more broadly. You know, they're probably not using Composer to pull in packages. They're probably not, you know, doing any of the sort of more modern practices. Mm -hmm. Um, And so using a framework and using a preset really means that if you are starting a new application, you don't have to copy and paste stuff. Um, and, and more importantly, if you're using something that exists as a package, it's probably vetted by the community. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of eyes looking at code. There is way more coverage of, of testing of that as a result and mm-hmm. way more edge cases are handled because you've got more people to doing it. And if you're a single developer working somewhere in that environment, or you know, one of two or three people, and you're all, all writing it like this. You probably don't have a security expert, you know, a Scott, a Scott Arsuzuski, you know, in the community that that is like, you know, you should not do that, or we need to push forward. You know, even even a Marco, um, you know, saying that you know we we need to push the security practices and things like that, and and you know those kind of experts that you don't have mm-hmm. if you're just building stuff on your own. And auth is a really critical part of your application, where if you get it a little bit wrong. And, and you're prone to, you know, session hijacking or SQL injection or anything like that, you know, the frameworks are built to handle all that stuff mm-hmm. for you. So you don't have to worry about it. And that's the main thing, that you don't have to worry about these things because if something goes wrong, there's thousands and thousands and thousands of people that are affected by it. Yeah. Um, and it's in the best interest of all of those people to make sure that things like that don't happen. Yeah. So you haven't heard this yet because I just finished editing it, but the episode right before yours is authorization and authentication or authentication and authorization with Joseph Silber. And so in that episode, which everybody but you just listened to, we talked about how the fact that authentication is kind of saying, who am I? And then authorization is asking the question of what can I do? So as we've talked about Jetstream and these auth presets being auth presets, you know, we've at least introduced the basic idea to listeners that these are presets that make it possible for you to kind of reuse code that allows you to do that. But can you actually kind of walk through what things were included with the old auth presets? And then mm-hmm. now that Jetstream's around, what things does it add um, that now we'll have access to going forward, but we didn't before? Yeah. So I think, I reckon it was Laravel 5.5. Pre-5.5, you got included in your application, a user model, um, some routes to handle login and registration mm-hmm. and maybe password reset, maybe. I kind of think not password reset, but I'm, I am yeah. curious to see. We'll look it up. Yeah. But back then it was Bootstrap 3, I think. It hadn't mm-hmm. even been updated to Bootstrap 4 yet. And it was like, this is what you get yep. in the framework and you can you can use it and go from there or or you can't. 
as you said earlier on, that, you know, it was just there and it was take it or leave it kind of thing. Yeah. And then in Laravel, I think it was 5.5, we added the notion of presets where Laravel would ship with a variant, which was, I think, the bootstrap one, and you could swap in a view one. And it would give you the same scaffolding, the same login form and things like that, but they would be view components. And then I think it was Samantha that was responsible for the the React components. And so then there was a React preset. And as part of that, there was an organization that spawned on on GitHub, the Laravel front-end presets organization, which then gave birth to the tall stack. So Tailwind, Alpine, Laravel, Livewire. Um, There was a Zurb one. There's a Tailwind one. Like just the vanilla Tailwind one, Bulma, all kinds of different CSS frameworks have got their own sort of scaffolding or preset, and you could just run a command and it would pull in those the the package into your application. It would copy those assets across. It might remove some of the default ones, and then you would have that. So if your preference was to use something like Bulma, instead of having to figure out, okay, I need to npm install Bulma and then run npm run dev and then you know build all of these components the preset was about fast tracking that process yeah. and getting you to a place where using your css framework of choice or your javascript framework of choice with those components so they all kind of look the same um it was always username and password or email and password it was always a registration form it was always a you know a basic dashboard that says welcome to your dashboard and and yeah. that was essentially it and so it was around getting the authentication stuff. And and when Taylor gave his talk at Laracon Online last week at the time of this recording on the 26th of August, he spoke about how it was always kind of like not quite what he wanted in terms of a, of a scaffolding. And that's mm-hmm. where we saw announced at Laracon last week the notion of this new this new project called Jetstream, which not only gives you the the login and registration, but it gives you the next step, which is um, user profile management. So you can go and change mm-hmm. your name, your avatar, change your password. It has support for Teams if you wanted that. It gives you the ability to do two-factor authentication, like all of these things that are fairly common in a modern yeah. web application that you don't, it's those kind of things that Laravel gives you the login, but then you have to build those things yourself each time. Yeah. And so having that included and as a first-party package, which means, you know, going back, thousands of eyeballs, lots of testing, lots of people using it and things like that. So it really simplifies that. But, you know, the presets are one thing, even just having the Laravel slash Laravel repository on GitHub, Mm -hmm. you know, in a manner of speaking, that is a, um, that is a preset. It is a preset to get you to having Laravel installed. And so, you know, anything that sort of expedites the process of going from a blank Git project or a blank folder on your, on your computer to having the ability to do routing and requests and and validation and and you know accepting requests from forms and putting them in the database like that is a preset that is a scaffold of some description and and you know on the on the Laravel Laravel thing like there are decisions that are in there that, that you might not agree with for example you may not want to have a, a models directory when Laravel 8 comes out <laughs> and so you would fork the Laravel Laravel repo and you would create your own so that you could create your own projects from this other repository which doesn't have a models directory so, you know, and you could have a whole bunch of pre-installed packages. You might not use Laravel's authentication. You might use Google, for example, use Google at work. So you use Google authentication and that's all, all built into your base repository. So anytime you start up a new project for work, it's already ready to go past the point of like the boilerplate. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really what the presets are all about. It's it's about getting past the boilerplate that is the same in all of your applications and getting you right into that, that the building part of it. Yeah. 
There's a couple notes in there that I wanted to share. One of them is I would, just so you know, many people over the history of time have tried to fork Laravel so that they could maintain their own. Don't do it. Just don't do it. If you're listening to this, if you're within the sound of my voice, don't do it. You're going to regret it. There's a lot of values that can come from it, but there's a lot of costs. And we're actually working on something with Lambo right now. If you don't know, Lambo is a command line tool that I set up for making it easier to spin up new Laravel apps. It's just a layer around the Laravel installer with, funny enough, Lambo presets. And the idea <laughs> is that if you want to apply it, you know, require a certain set of packages or something like that, every time you spin up a new app, you'd use Lambo for that. But I, you know, I know that's not what Mike was actually specifically suggesting, but I just want to get it all in your brain. If you're getting started and you're tempted to do that, don't do it. It's not worth it. I agree with you on that because yeah. there's the maintenance burden because mm -hmm. changes happen to that Laravel repository all the time, which means if you want to have your own take on it, yeah. but you want to keep up to date with like the main stuff, you've got to keep those things in sync periodically. Usually every major release, I will run a Laravel shift over it just to sort of get it up to speed. But mm -hmm. yeah, keeping it up to date is, you, you are correct. It is yeah. painful. It takes a certain kind of sadist. Yeah, you keep up with Laravel more than, you know, most people, right? And so mm -hmm. if it's a little painful for you, you know, for somebody who's just getting started, it's going to be a lot painful. So again, no judgment on people like you have chosen to do it. I would not recommend it, but it is an approach. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. But another note, so you mentioned the Laravel slash Laravel repository. So it's not actually something we've mentioned before on the, the thing, but just so everyone knows, there's two main repositories on GitHub, Laravel slash Laravel and Laravel slash Framework. Michael, could you really quickly tell us the difference between the two? Mm -hmm. So Laravel slash Laravel is a skeleton of a new application. Mm -hmm. So when you run Laravel new, if you're using the Laravel installer, or if you run Lambo new, or it's just Lambo, isn't it? You got rid of that new keyword. I think so. so <laughs> yeah. So if you, if you were to run, if you had Composer Global required the Laravel installer mm -hmm. and you were to run Laravel new, it would clone down a copy of that Laravel slash Laravel repository. It would drop it into the folder, it would run a whole set of scaffolding steps. So it would run composer install, it would run PHP artisan key generate and things like that. And it would get you a fresh copy of the application. Laravel framework is the, I guess the mono repo of all of the illuminate components. So these are all the, the components that make up the, the core of the framework that mm -hmm. handles the authentication that handles the, um, you know, your artisan console, it handles caching and, and queues and all of that kind of so that's where the, the core functionality of the framework is and laravel laravel is you know the application structure so it's yeah. got the app directory that app http controllers and all of that kind of stuff and so that's what you typically work in with your applications you wouldn't normally go into the framework or the vendor folder unless yeah. you are you know making contributions to the framework itself yeah that's good so we talked about the fact that in the pre-Jetstream world, you could set up different presets and there's also a whole bunch of com community contributed presets. In Jetstream, you're not going to just get to inherit all those ones. You had mentioned Bulma and Bootstrap. There's two main ones that you get in Jetstream. Can you talk a little bit about the tech stack of each of those two options? Yeah, so the, the tech stacks that were demoed at, at Laracon were basically Inertia.js, which is a project from Jonathan Rennick, and Laravel LiveWire, which is a project from Caleb Pozio. And where Inertia is kind of building a modern monolith where it gives you JavaScript view components. So you get, it's, it's all built atop view and you get view components for everything. So you get all of your login is a, is a view component. All of your two-factor authentication stuff is a, is a view component. Um, and it, it allows you to leverage your server-side routing mm -hmm. um, and your controllers and all of that kind of stuff without having to create like a blade view that hits a, 
Vue.js component right. that then makes an API request to another controller. This condenses on like really flattens that structure. So essentially you have one view that handles all the intelligence. So inertia will handle swapping between those views and swapping in the components that you need from a single view and also allows you to leverage the native application routing. So you don't have to have a controller that displays the blade view that displays the view component mm-hmm. as well as an API controller that you then you know make all your data requests to. And then LiveWire is a project from Caleb, as I mentioned, which is phenomenal. It's based on the the Phoenix Phoenix something. It's a Phoenix thing, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> You'll Phoenix find live it while we something. talk about it. Live view is it live, live view? That sounds right. Phoenix live view. That sounds good. Yeah, I think so. We'll call yeah, call it Phoenix live view. It's, it's based on that kind of idea where your components are self-contained in their view, in their behavior. That it handles all of the JavaScript interactivity, the JavaScript, keeping your things in sync. It's kind of like Vue, but on the server side, mm-hmm. Vue.js on the server side. So they're, they're like two different approaches to get to the same place. And they're both really powerful. And they're for people who are predominantly PHP developers, Laravel developers, either of those approaches is great. Mm-hmm. Vue gives you a little bit more of that, you know, reach into the JavaScript world, whereas LiveWire keeps you kind of closer to PHP. So with Jetstream, you, you pull in the package into your application, you run uh, Jetstream colon install, and then you give it the stack that you want to use. So whether it's Inertia or Livewire, and then it, it'll, like the preset commands, it'll pull everything that, that it needs to. It'll pull in your config, any migrations. It will set up your views and your routes and all of that kind of stuff for you and really get you to a place where your application is ready to go with users, with user registration, with teams if you want. Mm-hmm. Um, on the install command, you can pass dash dash teams and it'll pull in team support into that for you as well. And so it really takes that next step of these were the next things. So previously, you might have used another variant of a preset in Laravel Spark, mm-hmm. which for those of you who don't know, is it was a first-party paid application that had a lot of this stuff in there. It handled billing, it handled teams, it handled um, products and plans, it handled user registration, all that kind of stuff to sort of scaffold up. Mm-hmm a software as a service application and Jetstream kind of decouples all of the user and team management from mm-hmm. Spark and Spark will, as I understood it from the, the, the presentation, the very brief touching on it, yeah. Spark will just be the, the billing component yeah. via either Stripe or Paddle and then the teams and user management side of things comes out into this Jetstream package which is free and open source. So it's, it's exciting to have that. I was going to dig into it before this until I realized that I was an hour late for this. So um, I will have to dig <laughs> into it right now. Yeah. Yeah, that's helpful. So there's LiveWire, which is its own sort of like JavaScript framework that facilitates you writing mainly PHP and Blade code. And then mm-hmm. there's Inertia, which is sort of a wrapper around Vue. And it also can be wrapped around other things. But in this particular template that we're getting, you know, with Jetstream, it's wrapped around view and it allows you to get rid of some of the cruft that happens and the duplication that happens when you're doing basically like a full page, you know, single page app with view in Laravel. And so you're writing mm-hmm. simpler Laravel routes that map directly to your view components rather than having to do multiple steps of indirection that Michael yeah. was talking about earlier. So in that context, let's say I don't know where to start. Let's say I don't know LiveWire. Let's say I don't know Inertia. Which in your mind, and this is, I didn't prepare you for this, but which, which in your mind is going to be the one that's easier for somebody who's not a total view expert, 
who's not a live wire expert, who's maybe a little bit familiar with with both, with with Vue at least, a little bit familiar with mm-hmm. with Blade. Where do you think they should start? I think if you're a little bit familiar with either of them, then either realistically is a good place to start. They're not too far removed from just doing either or, right? Mm -hmm. If you are less familiar with JavaScript or you're less familiar with Vue, I would definitely start with Livewire Mm -hmm. purely because it keeps you in PHP for 99% of what you're doing. You are still writing Blade Views. You are still writing PHP classes and Livewire handles all of the interactivity and the reactivity and all of that kind of stuff mostly transparently. Mm-hmm. And so you don't need to jump from a PHP controller to a you know JavaScript view component. You can just stay all in PHP. And then mm-hmm. you've only ever got your Livewire component open. And you know, if you're splitting splitting your code editor, you've got you know, the PHP on one side and the, the blade view on the other side. And that's all you're ever dealing with. Mm-hmm. With inertia, it's the same kind of thing. You've got your PHP controller on one side and your view component on the other side. Right. And it and it really just depends on how familiar you are with yeah. view. If you yeah. like if you're comfortable with view, inertia is a really good um place to be. Yeah. But if you're not really, then I, I would stick with and try Livewire first. Yeah. For sure. Of the of the two. Yeah, and I did a YouTube video saying I think basically the same thing, which is that if you are learning Laravel and you don't know Vue at all, and that's some people, right? Some people are learning Laravel as PHP programmers, and you know, the, then Livewire will probably be an easier learn because it is basically Laravel's components, which you should learn anyway when you're learning Laravel with a little bit of extra sauce on it. Mm-hmm. However, if you're coming from being a front end developer and then you're learning Laravel, you're almost definitely going to have an easier time working with Inertia and Vue just because it is it's Vue. It's it's basically just a better interaction between Vue and your Laravel app than normal Vue and Laravel. You know, at, at its simplest. So yeah. All right. So the next question, you know, we, we spent a lot of time this beginning one because it's just a new concept is, you know, usually when's the last time you use this? But really, I am very curious. When's the last time you built an app that didn't use one of the auth presets? Most of my work ones, believe it or not, okay. don't don't use the auth presets. So we use Google for a lot of our business. We use it for mail. We use oh, it for all it. of the Google, you know, the G Suite docs and, and things like that. I'm sorry. And so as a result of that, all of our <laughs> all of our um, user authentication mm-hmm. is managed in Google. So our IT support team is responsible for creating user accounts. And then once they have an account, they can log into any of our applications. Got and it. And the okay. applications manage authorization. Yeah. So Google will authenticate that user and say, yep, you're in. Yep. And then... You can log in, but you might just get met with a 403, right? Because you're not actually allowed to be in that application and access anything. So um, most of my work applications don't don't use the presets or or don't use any of the the Laravel authentication. So we we swap it out. We use Socialite Mm because it's the easiest way to get up and running and and we just put in the the functionality there for, um, you know, interacting with Google for authentication. But it's, it's more common that I wouldn't, use the presets myself yeah. in, in I mean, my that makes sense. Scenarios. You know, if, if we're talking single sign-on or SSO, those are very common contexts where you're not going to use that. Mm-hmm. So is there any other type of context where you find yourself not reaching for the auth? No, okay. no, I am. I've been working on a, on a project recently and we, we immediately, initially we started with Inertia mm-hmm. and I'm not the strongest JavaScript developer and I felt that it was, that it was holding me back. And after after Laracon Online in February, when when I saw some of the stuff that you could do with Livewire, we we sort of made the switch, and we got so much further, so much mm. quicker okay. as more proficient 
PHP people yeah. using that. So I've been really enjoying Livewire, just the, the self-contained nature of it all mm-hmm. and being able to contain a view that is responsible for itself, that knows, you know, how to submit itself, how to like having, for example, Laravel's logout, you have to post to the logout yeah. endpoint. And to do that, um, the the old scaffold would have like a button that would have a hidden form and it would have a document dot, you know, find whatever, and then it would submit that form yeah. transparently. Well, with Livewire, you could have a logout component that contains that form, that logic, all in one place, and it would be responsible for intercepting the the click, posting, you know, handling the logout, and then handling the redirect. Yeah. And that would all be self-contained within a component. So it's really nice in that regard. And so, we, you know, I kind of lean towards, I I love the work that Jonathan's done with Inertia. I had a, a play around with it very early on. And he continues to spend a lot of time on it and really refine it. And from a observational perspective, it seems though he's like he's really sweating the small stuff. He's making mm-hmm. sure that things like scroll position are preserved if you go backwards mm-hmm. and forwards between. Even if you leave the site and come back, where you know something. If you were, if you were rolling it yourself, if you were using the Basecamp Turbo Links, like it might mm-hmm. not necessarily do that. And if you are rolling it yourself, you know these things that these like edge cases that leak into your application yeah. because they're JavaScript. You know, changing routes on the page doesn't know because you're not really navigating in your browser if you're just using JavaScript to swap things out. Yeah, so I think for me, if I were to not use the auth, it would be single sign-on or it would be something where the users aren't actually directly in- interacting with it, like an API, you know? API. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all that is to say all the rest of the time I'm using the presets. You know, every software as a service, every everything, even just fun little tools where I'm not sure if there's going to be a login. It's just so cheap to have the auth in there. Yeah. And then one yeah. day need it. And it's so much easier than not to have it in there and then later discover I want it and try to, you know, fork it in after the fact mm-hmm. or whatever. So, yeah. Here's, here's one thing that, because I, we just spoke about it on the, the Laravel News podcast that we recorded this week, the auth colon colon routes mm-hmm. method. When you... We're not using Jetstream, using the current UI auth presets, it will add the auth colon colon routes facade call into your route slash web.php. Mm-hmm. Now, what, what a lot of people might not know about that is that you can pass key value pair into the, the routes method and mm-hmm. disable certain endpoints. Yeah. So, for example, if you were building an application where you wanted users to be able to log in, but you didn't want them to be able to register. Yeah. You can pass as an array key register and then false as the parameter and it won't mm-hmm. register the register route. So you don't have to worry about figuring out how to kind of like remove that from your application. So if you're building an invite only platform or if you're building something where you want to have a login form but you want to manually create accounts um, to an admin area or something like that, yeah, that kind of stuff is really cool. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I think that locking those things down when you're not using them is definitely can save you a world of pain when you didn't realize that users you know and really when you've got people signing up for your app and you didn't want them to there's often you know you get one of those spam bursts where all of a sudden there's 500 entries in your users table that are all you know you know just jumble yeah so speaking of speaking of situations like that what are some circumstances where you or you know people that you see in the Laravel community have been tripped up by the auth situation? You know, common challenges people run into or things that you know you wish everybody knew. You just told us one of them is really great. In auth routes, you can disable certain things. What are some mm-hmm. other common gotchas or tips? 
That's a good question that I had not thought of. <laughs> I mean, other other than, you know, sort of disabling things that you're not using, I think that's really important. Um, you know, if you don't want people to register, if you don't forgot passwords, like, it, you know, it's it's an it's a interesting one because in most scenarios, you probably want most of those things. Yeah. But in fact, if I look at it here, what are some of the options? You got log in, log out, register. If you don't want people to be able to reset um, or you don't want to do password confirmations, like if password verification confirmation or password verification is not something that you want to do you know those are probably things that you want to nut out um confirmation you can use the confirmation stuff mm-hmm. um so you could wrap your routes in a password.confirm middleware not really a, a problem but just something that that you could yeah, the tip you know, or trick is actions tell us more about yeah. it what happens if i wrap it in that password.confirm these are all stolen from a uh, povilus from the laravel daily um, but yeah, it's, you know, these kinds of things that uh, maybe we'll just link to this directly yeah. rather than me doing it. Honestly, the, the, the login stuff is fairly bulletproof. The only thing that might trip you up is like redirection mm-hmm. where you can have a, a redirect property or you can have a redirect method. Mm-hmm. Actually, that's a good one. Let's talk about that. Yeah. On your register controller, there is a redirect to property. Mm-hmm. And if you're just wanting to redirect your users to a static endpoint mm-hmm. by default this will be at route service provider colon colon home so there's a constant defined in your route service provider there is also a redirect to method and um, if that method exists mm-hmm. you can and laravel will use that over the property yeah but why why the method what, what's the difference between the method and the property the method allows you to put some logic around the redirect mm-hmm. so if you just want to redirect everyone to slash home or slash dashboard use the property but if you wanted to detect that an administrative user has logged in or if you wanted to detect that someone had logged in into your SaaS with an expired subscription, mm-hmm. you might redirect them to the payment page. Hey, mm-hmm. you're expired. You need to re-up your subscription. Your you know, credit card's expired or whatever. Um, admin users, you might not want to take them to the default homepage of your application. You might want to redirect them to the admin dashboard. So you can do checks like that inside the method. So that's that's kind of a anything and and maybe people get tripped up on that but yeah creating users is always a pain as well if you're wanting to do it manually and you Mm. haven't got like an admin area the only real answer to that is to use tinker yep that's what (laughs) i do and to create the create the user um i created a package for ages ago but it's just it's just one of those things when you when you create a new application that you don't have register endpoints for Mm. and you need to get a user in there just just fire up tinker and, and just do it that way Yep. But broadly speaking, all of this stuff is so ingrained in the framework now. It's so ingrained mm-hmm. in Laravel. It's been around basically since the, I don't know, at, at least since as long as I've been using it. So Laravel for the ability to to register users. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure, stretching my memory, you know, it's tested. It's had thousands of eyes over it. It's yeah. secure. It's, you know, all of that stuff. There's not really much and you know the the last of the, the the things that might have irritated you around the the redirect to has been fixed because it used to be a string right and now it's a constant that's defined in your route service provider so it's in one place if you want to change it you don't have to go and change it in your login controller and your register yeah. controller mm-hmm. and your forgot part like you used to have to change it in three places and that's all fixed now it's just a constant so i don't know it's fine like it's it's all pretty good i don't run into too many issues i don't hear of too many issues. I don't have 
as much time as I used to 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 sit on Laracast and, yeah. and in the Discord and and all that kind of stuff. So I don't. Maybe there are some some beginner challenges that that aren't there, but the the Laravel team and Taylor in particular are really good in in like seeing those things and addressing them. And like I would suggest that you and the work that Titan does would be better positioned to see the the kinds of issues because you're you're building way more projects. Yeah, um, we're, with this we're kind also of stuff as well. Rescuing a lot of projects, and that's the easiest mm-hmm. way to say it. So, yeah, yeah, it is in rescues, which is probably close to half of our work these days. Not rescues, but not, half of our work is some m- mixture of either rescue or just legacy upgrade or whatever. And I think the most common tip I would have or mistake I see made is not knowing what the presets can do, what the auth system can do and the presets can do, and therefore doing it on your own. And when you do it on your own, not only are you duplicating work, but you're also kind of working against the framework. And anytime that you're doing something that the framework can do, but you're doing it yourself, you're missing out on the benefit of all the stuff that Michael's been talking about with, you know, people, all these eyes on it. You're you're writing code yourself that you don't you didn't have to. And you're also you're writing code that, you know, it's very unlikely that, you know, the average Laravel programmer is as excellent at creating secure user, you know, interactions as every single set of eyes that's been put on the auth thing. I, I sure I'm not, you know, I can tell you that mm-hmm. for sure. I do not know nearly as much about auth and safety and all that stuff as the sets of eyes that have looked against these presets, you know, do. And so, you know, the, I think the biggest gotcha I would say is just not knowing what you can do. And so it's things like that. I mean, you mentioned the the password confirmation thing and some of these are new, right? So it's great. You know, we, we need to learn that they exist and then use them, you know, and so the password confirm that Michael was talking about is something like you can do all these things with your saved password. You know, you've been logged in for however long, but then if you want to go to do a very specific thing that's a little bit more, you know, touchy and a little more important, then you have to confirm that you still know your password. So, so somebody can't stumble across your computer and then change your, you know, billing information or whatever. Those types of things or things like the password reset or disabling the password to reset if you want. All these, you know, or a user has to, I forget what the name of the trait is, but where a user has to confirm their email address before they actually are able to use your application and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Knowing those must things, verify, guess, I think. Yeah, I th- must verify email or something. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So knowing that those things exist and taking the time to read the docs and learn what is there takes you the next level with the presets because the presets mm. give you the basics, right? The presets give you what the vast majority of applications will need, but the presets also give you access to all these other tools, but they're not going to stick them all in there. So use the presets and then go read the docs and see what else is there mm-hmm. so that when you, you, when time comes for you to need that, you don't have to then go write it yourself. So, yeah, I think that's a fairly common thing throughout Laravel is to to quote JMac, you know, grok the framework, mm-hmm. try and use the framework as much as possible, rely on the thousands of eyes, rely on the the durability of the framework. There are very few circumstances that I can think of where none that I can think of where you would want to do something beyond what the framework offers in terms of authentication mm-hmm. it's got hooks for example if you want to do something when a user registers there is a registered event that is fired when a user registers and if you needed to create a team or apply a role to a user that's freshly registered you can listen to that event mm-hmm. and then make whatever modifications to that brand new user that you need to do so laravel you know does a lot of the legwork for you but it also gives you points to hook into the framework and and do again that that stuff that is unique to your application yeah and for those who don't know the the person he just quoted is jason mccreary the creator of laravel shift i realized i should have done that at the beginning because we throw around names of people we know and not everybody knows so yeah yeah 
All right. So because we're trying to keep it short this time, I'm going to try and start reaching the second half of our questions much faster than I would <laughs> if I had my druthers. So what else do you want to talk about on this topic? Is there anything about as you think through the presets and, and you know, you had you you maintained the Tailwind preset for ages. So you kind of like had mm -hmm. the opportunity to see people's issues and stuff like that. I mean, I assume you still do, but I think the presets are sort of like starting to deprecate a little bit. Mm -hmm. Is there anything that you want to talk about or you think is really important for people who are new to the framework to really understand about presets? Or Jetstream, which I know is, again, Jetstream's brand new. You know, we considered uh, delaying this talk a little bit, but we said, you know what, this is enough. This is enough to get started with it. Mm -hmm. But Jetstream or presets or anything like that, is there anything that you really want to make sure we get a chance to cover? I think probably the main thing that I see on the Tailwind preset itself is pull requests to update the minimum version. <laughs> so we've got it set as like carrot 1.0. Uh -huh. And every time... Every time Adam Wathen tags a new release of Tailwind, someone submits a pull request to like make it carry out 1.1, 1 1.5, 1 yeah. 1.7. You only need to do that kind of stuff. And this is a composer thing in general or a, a versioning thing in general. You only need to make that kind of change if you specifically only want yep. to ever have that version, right? Yeah. Or if you're having issues. Like I know lots of people are having issues with composer at the moment. Where if you've got like version 1.0, but 1.35.7 is available and there's like 100 releases between that, it can mm -hmm. have a bit of problem resolving dependencies through there. Yeah. But generally speaking, like carrot 1.0 means anything 1.0 up to 1.99,000, yeah. whatever, mm -hmm. right? So that's the main thing. Most people don't really have too many issues with the presets themselves. If you, you know, if the next hotness comes out to dethrone Tailwind CSS. You might want to create a preset for that. Presets are really good for setting up scaffolding of, of CSS and, and JavaScript, setting up your default state for mm -hmm. an application, something that won't change between applications. That's why they work well as a preset because you could composer install or composer create project or Laravel new your project. You can composer require your dependency for whichever preset you choose, Tailwind or Balma or, or whatever, and then you're ready to go with that. You know, you don't have to go to the Tailwind docs and figure out, Yeah. you know, you need to NPM install Tailwind CSS. You need to create, a, you need to run MPX in it or Tailwind in it or whatever, and then go and modify your Tailwind config and then go and add that into your webpack.config or webpack.mix or whatever it is for yep. getting Laravel mix to then compile it. And all of these steps yeah. before you even get to run NPM run dev. And a lot of that, you know, if you if you ever wanted to create your own preset, you know, document the steps, put it into a, a file, and then, you know, publish it. Yeah. And, you know, if nothing else, the next time you want to use that stack, you are ready to go. Yeah. And, other, you know, and the benefit is that other people might use it. So there's the Laravel-Frontend-Presets organization on GitHub, which has a whole bunch of these. It will be interesting to see what happens with its stuff in the future with yeah, the you know, Jetstream. We're entering, we're entering a new sort of era at the moment. I think we're going to start seeing more applications in the wild. It's like, I know that, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. I've seen that before. It's funny when whenever Adam tweets that he's seen a, another website that's using Tailwind because you kind of, you can feel. Every time I see a website where it's got like that slightly bold code, Yep. You know, in backticks. Yep. Like that's Tailwind's um, <laughs> yep. typography plugin. Like yep. you can you can pick it now. 
Yeah. And and there are elements of Tailwind that you can pick, right? But it's not like every Tailwind website looks the same. It's not like Except Bootstrap. we're all using Indigo. Um, yeah, can you well, all just stop true. using Indigo, please? Because that's my color. <laughs> Yeah, he, he had uh, he had ownership on that one ahead of time. <laughs> yeah, it, I should have asked Taylor this beforehand, but have you? Do you know whether or not Jetstream presets are going to be as easily extensible and community addable as the the UI presets were? I don't know. I think because the UI doesn't the the current artisan UI doesn't really like it's not an extendable thing. You mm-hmm. can register a command that that listens to like artisan UI and then your thing here. Yeah. So I don't, I haven't looked at it closely, but it doesn't look like that would be any different. Okay. There's obviously more views that you would need to build because mm-hmm. there's now, you know, a team component and a two-factor authentication component and all of that kind of stuff. So these extra things that you would need to build if you wanted to create your own. For me personally, I could almost definitely see maybe the Tailwind one that I built going away because it's mm-hmm. kind of included with with Jetstream. Right. Now, people, yeah. not everyone will want to use Jetstream and that's fine. But I think if you want to get some really high quality components that look good, that are highly functional yeah. um, and, and that are going to have thousands of eyes over them, then Jetstream is the way to go. I think it's possibly more likely that the the tall stack one might disappear before the Tailwind. Because the Tailwind one, you may just want Tailwind and, and not worry about any of the other stuff, right? Right, you might not yep. want Jetstream, you might not want Teams, you might not want any of that, but you might want to build a Laravel application With that just has Tailwind. Yeah. So I think I think in this instance, more generic is yeah. has probably mm-hmm. got a little bit more longevity yeah, than good point. the more opinionated tall stack one. Yeah. Um, or the lit stack, which is Laravel, Inertia, Tailwind, right? Yeah. So that because they're more generic, they probably have a little bit more longevity because yeah. you're just getting the bits you need. But as the maintainer of the Tailwind one, like if you need teams and users and things like that, I would say just install Jetstream. Yeah. Because it's going to give you all those components. It's all going to look coherent. It's all going to look good. <laughs> Not that the preset looks bad, but you right. know, it, it all ties together and, and it, yeah. it all fits. And it gives you all the extra functionality that you need to like get to that next step of ready to build your app. But if you just, you know, if you're building, for example, a, a jigsaw style page where it's just mm-hmm. like, I just need Tailwind and I want to scaffold out a thing and then I'm going to cache that behind Cloudflare forever and whatever, yep. then yeah, sure. The the Tailwind preset is great yep. or the, the Bulmer preset is great or whatever. So yeah, I think the longevity is in the basic nature yeah. of, of the, the, the generic nature. And if anyone doesn't know that distinction that Michael's talking about there, so when you use something like Jetstream, you're going to get multiple things. You're going to get the backend auth kind of routes, which is you know, actually extracted to a separate package called Fortify, but it's just being pulled in by Jetstream. So you don't need to think about that. You also get all the front end views and components and stuff like that. And then you also get kind of the bootstrapping, the work it takes to set this site up that he was just talking about for this to be a, a Tailwind site, pulling in all the dependencies, configuring your web, you know Webpack configuration right. What happens if you want this to be a Tailwind site and have your configuration right and you don't want all the rest of it? Well, that's what those older presets still are going to be very mm. useful for. So how often will people continue using the older presets that are like full auth 
probably not that often, which is why, you know, Mike was saying there's a good chance they'll, they'll start going away. But the older presets, there's plenty of them that are useful purely just for setting you up to work in a particular stack. And, and like we were talking about, if if you do have sales sites, and I, I said almost all my sites have auth, and I, sh I should actually step back from that because we do a lot of sites that are purely public facing that attach to a different site that has auth. And so there's an entire mm -hmm. Laravel app that is purely just public facing. And we don't need auth in those and we wouldn't use Jetstream in those. And that's a time that, you know, we still would want that convenience of having Tailwind set up without having to go look up the docs, right? So that would be a perfect time for looking that up. Yeah. So last question before we start rolling up, are there any really great articles or tutorials or really just places you think that people should go to learn about Jetstream or presets in general? If not now, in fact, definitely not now at the time of this recording, <laughs> right? but hopefully by the time this episode airs, which will probably be in a few weeks from now, yep. the Laravel docs will be updated. Mm -hmm. And the Laravel docs are almost always, yep. almost always the best place to get the most up-to-date information on how to use any of this stuff. Yep. So if you're looking for scaffolding, you can search the Laravel docs for scaffolding and you'll mm -hmm. find the authentication stuff in there. Once the Jetstream docs are up, you'll find that. I don't know of any specific articles. I will give you a link to this article on Laravel News oh, yeah. for yep. the, the auth tips and tricks. Because I think there's some really cool stuff in there around you know the things that we discussed around auth routes and and the route service provider and and the redirections and things like that. Yeah. So yeah, they're the main things. But the, the documentation is almost always really good. Having seen the code for Jetstream, like just reading through the code and seeing uh -huh. how that behaves is really good. It made me feel like a competent developer looking <laughs> at it. Which Jake you are. I, well. Sometimes I don't feel it. Uh, I think I think we're all like that. Sometimes yeah. you just bash your head against the wall. Yeah. Um. Usually it's me. There's like after midnight, Michael. Where after midnight, Michael is. This is easy. Like this is just one little change, and I'll just get it working. And mm -hmm. and that part of my brain is always much louder than the part of my brain that's saying, <laughs> "Go to sleep," and this yeah. would be immediately obvious to you in the oh morning, right? So Jake and I were we're going back and forth about this with the project that we're working on at the moment around how we manage the current team. This was before Jetstream. This was before yeah. any of this existed. So we're like, Jake had a, a get current team method on the mm -hmm. model, which mm -hmm. would like go and get the current team. And I, being the belligerent developer <laughs> that I am, just got rid of that and replaced it with the current team model and put a current team ID on the on the user model uh -huh. and and left it at that. And we went back and forth and, and we recorded a, a podcast episode about you know, the pros and cons of both. And he was still firmly in his side. And then Jetstream came out. And and as the code scrolled past, I said, look, Jake, <laughs> Taylor just put a current team ID I field on the user model and a current team relationship. Oh, I love it. So he said, yeah, he, he had a few people over to where he works to have a, a little viewing party, a socially distanced, very responsible viewing uh -huh. party with adequate distance between everyone. And mm -hmm. um he said he he about ripped out the projector and and went home when he saw that because he was not happy about <laughs> That's it. That's awesome. So. Uh, yeah, you feel validated. You feel good about yourself. Yeah. I so like that. you know th there are things like that. But when I, I didn't know what Jetstream was at the mm -hmm. time, and and Jake had messaged me and he's like, "Dude, this is freaking sweet." And I sent him a screenshot of me like half built in two different states of of like a team management thing. I said, uh -huh. "I'm going to cry myself to sleep now because." <laughs> I was like halfway through building this from scratch and now I don't have to. Don't Luckily, because we were similar enough, I can keep yeah. some of the stuff that we had and just swap in Jetstream. So That's I'm awesome. definitely going to play around with that a little bit later on. That's awesome. And you were already on Livewire, so you could just plop yeah. in the Livewire one. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Yeah. So presets, you know, 
and now that we have that, you know, the the rage and the and the sadness and all of this, all of these feelings that I had mm-hmm. when I found out about this thing, I'm like, I could have just saved all of this uh-huh. time and worked on the next step, which is, you know, the next step from having teams is application specific logic around what happens with yep. those teams. Yep. Uh, the, the team can only have three members. So instead mm-hmm. of worrying about how to get the three members into the database, I can you worry about yeah. stopping you from adding a fourth member or stopping you from adding something beyond your team include subscription inclusion and things like that. So yeah. these are all those those little things. Yeah. But, you know, it's sort of like the, um, you know, do we want everybody to, you know, have all their debt, college debt paid off? Hashtag politics here. You know, like, is, is it bad that everyone else gets it easier, even if we've had to do this before? No, I mean, like, if you ever hear me, me and Ian Landsman talk about what it was, you know, what the olden days of SAS writing was like, or like, thank mm-hmm. God for Laravel. I don't care if it was hard then. I'm happy it's yeah. easy now. Yeah, so, that's right. All right. So your personal fun moment. Um, on the Road to Laravel podcast, I gave you my list of songs and you were very, very, very surprised by the pedestrian choice I made in choosing you two. So I wanted to know for you, what is your guilty pleasure listening, you know, that maybe not everybody knows? What do you, you know, what do you, what, when you're about to, you know, listen to this, you hit pause on your Spotify, you know, like listening history. What is your guilty pleasure music? You know, I'm a, I'm a sucker for pop music. Okay. When I drive my son to childcare, it's usually just the radio in the car until he demands the. You know what? It's the Wiggles at the moment. It, it, <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I will. I will message my wife, and I'll just be like, "Wiggles lyric, <laughs> right? Just Wiggles lyric." The other day, I was outraged about a Wiggles song about wearing glasses. I can uh-huh. see clearly now. I've got my glasses on. Uh-huh. The detail on the ant's antenna. Like you can see, I'm like, no, I'm getting outraged at the purple wiggle because there is no way known that you can see the detail on an ant's antenna just uh-huh. because you put your glasses on. So unrealistic. I'm calling him out on it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like Eli's kind of past the phase of that. Like he'll go in and out of, of wiggles at the moment. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there were there was a period of time when I was at work when I would just, there would, a, a song would come into my head and I would just have to listen to a wiggle yeah. song. Yep. So, and, and any of the parents out there, I think, would, would understand that. They're just catchy and they're kind of good. And maybe, maybe I'm wrong because Ray doesn't necessarily Shouldn't agree like with me on okay. that. But um, if it's not the Wiggles, it's, it's probably like a Taylor Swift or something like okay. that. Like, yeah. I thought that when you said pop, that's what I was wondering if, if you were going yeah. that direction. And I mean, I asked you yeah. to do the, the semi-embarrassing thing. I'll do the same. I've never seen the Wiggles before. My kids never got into it. I know who they are, mm. but I've never seen it. But it's I have similar. I have a pop guilty pleasure and a kid's guilty pleasure. And my pop guilty pleasure is Taylor Taylor Swift as well. Mm-hmm. I I didn't get into her music at all until a couple of years ago, and now I'll just pl- blast her music, and yeah. I have no shame. But the other one is the Frozen Two soundtrack and the Moana soundtrack. And like <sighs> my kids won't even be here, and I'll just be playing them and singing along. I'm like, yep, this is this is dope. I love this. It's great. No yeah. shame here. So who who knew twenty years ago when. Dwayne The Rock Johnson was just The Rock, <laughs> that he right. would be Samoan God, demigod, yeah. Loki, telling us all that you're welcome. Yeah. That's so great. It's free. If you haven't seen it, there's an Instagram video of him singing one of the With songs his to his daughter. Oh, my God. It's hilarious because she doesn't know it's him. And it's so freaking yeah. funny. My daughter makes me play yeah. that one over and over and over again. Oh, hold yeah. on. One more guilty pleasure song. This is not my guilty pleasures, my children. But I don't know if you saw on Twitter, but I had seen this little clip of a woman dressed up as Anna or Elsa 
and she mm-hmm. she runs into this um the let it go song and then it comes in this kind of like I don't know it's, it's like a trap version of it and like she just starts twerking on the yeah. stage and it was it was like six seconds long I was like I must have this song and so somebody found the remix for me and I, <laughs> I played it for my kids and now it just plays basically nonstop at my house and it's just over and over and over and over and when it plays everyone has to get up and dance so that's that's an additional yeah. one as well so love it okay so you have mentioned multiple times a project you're working on you've done a fantastic job of not naming and I appreciate you know you trying to be all thoughtful here but now is the time for the plugs so how can people follow you how can they pay you money what is this mysterious project you've been working on and what else would you like to plug at the end of the show yeah so i'm on twitter at michael dorinda which you can put in the show notes so that i have to spell it out the project that i've been working on is something that i've kind of been working on since this time last year and sort of in anger since april and it's a project called then ping me and it is scheduled task monitoring specifically for laravel Mm -hmm. we were going to launch it last week and a combination of things stopped us from doing that. And number one, we didn't want to get swallowed up by the, the Laracon yeah, news the cycle. Mm-hmm. Number two, we found a really nasty bug that Oof. caused very bad things to happen, which I'm, I'm actually thankful we found yeah. in beta. So we've got probably 50 or 60 users in early access at the moment. It. Um, it's ticking along nicely. You can check it out at thenping.me. Now that Jetstream is out, we are going to be integrating that nice. for all of our team stuff and getting that up and running. So I'm hoping by the time this episode is out that that it is mm, out there. I like it. If you are unsure about the difference between scheduled task monitoring and error tracking mm-hmm. and why, you know, your error tracker is not necessarily the best tool for for tracking your scheduled tasks, I gave a, a talk at the Laravel Meetup, mm-hmm. which you can check out at meetup.laravel.com where I go into a lot of detail about the kinds of things that can happen with your scheduled tasks and how monitoring them is the better approach than you know just relying on Sentry or Flare or whatever shouting at you that something broke because it may not necessarily break. Love it. That's good. All right. So we got you on Twitter. We got you on that. Is there anything else you want to plug or anything else people can follow you on? I mean, we talked about your podcast and all these things will be in the show notes as always, but anything else you want to plug before we go? I want you all to be safe and healthy and, and look after each other and be kind to each other. Because yeah. if, if you told me nothing else, then that then oh you've told God. me that, to be kind to one another. Oh, I'm going to cry. <laughs> Thank you, Michael. <laughs> well, I think this is the most appropriate ever Laravel podcast episode where I get to talk about how I could talk for hours. Because first of all, we have we have a history of having talked for hours and enjoyed it. And second of all, I had to keep this so short, but we did it. Yeah, it's basically yeah. right around an hour. I'm fault. not going to be late, <laughs> and I really appreciate you. But also, I just appreciate everything you do for the community. You are so freaking giving and kind and wonderful and positive. Thank you so much for everything you do for all of us. And uh, you're the man. Cheers, Matt. All right, y'all. See you next time. Bye.